In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, I'm Horticulture Week editor Matthew Appleby, and today I'm with Garden Connect's Edwin Mayer. Now, Garden Connect creates online solutions to connect garden centres with their customers. That's websites, web shops, and loyalty programmes. And the company recently had the BBC's Adam Frost at its 20th anniversary dinner. So, welcome, Edwin. And how was that 20th anniversary dinner? Thank you very much. And the dinner was really nice. It was fascinating to uh, listen to Adam and the story behind seven gold medals at the Chelsea Flower Show. <laughs> Excellent. Now, 20 years is pretty impressive. So, what's the background to the company? Yeah, we're impressed ourselves as well, to be honest. Um, We started our company uh, after doing some voluntary work for our local football club. Uh, I grew up with uh, two friends of mine in a small town close to Amsterdam. uh, And we were playing football together, as Dutch boys do uh, when you're uh, like 17, 18 years old. Uh, We built a website for the local football club and uh, a local company asked us to build a website for them. Uh, And that's uh, when the business started. Um, how we ended up in the gardening industry uh, a year after building websites for local businesses, the biggest buying group of garden centers in the Netherlands asked us to develop websites for their members. Uh, so that's where our uh, journey in the garden industry started. So you started as a, as a young teenager, so that must have been quite a, quite a challenge to get into business at that young age. Yeah, it was a challenge in a way. However, if you're young, you're not experienced, so you're not worrying too much about things. And it really helped we started the company with uh, the three of us. Uh, and if you're with three, all the issues you have, the worries, you can share them with, well, at least two other people. So that helps a lot. Uh, and we were also studying. So I was uh, 19 years old, uh, which well, obviously makes sense because I'm 39 today. Happy, birth- um, so, Happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so we started when we were 19, we were studying. So it was... Well, it started as a side job, uh, but after 
after we started to work for the buying group, things got a little bit more serious because their expectations were higher. Uh, and after finishing our uh, study at the university, we decided to give it a try, give it one year to see how things would go. And, uh, well, apparently things, uh, things went well for us. Uh, and I also get a lot of questions about how we ended up in the UK. Uh, so maybe that's an interesting one to, uh, to share with you that as well. That was my next question. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> um, because we were working for Dutch Garden Centers for about uh, seven or eight years. Uh, and in 2011, we were introduced to people in the UK who had a, uh, a business sending out emails to garden center consumers. So they were just doing email marketing, but they struggled a bit to get email addresses of UK customers, which made sense to us because to get email addresses, you'd better have a website because that, that's where you collect addresses. So we bought part of their company uh, and started to develop websites. They were doing sales and support. We were doing the uh, development and design from, from, uh, from our office in Amsterdam. And that worked well for one or two years. Uh, but then things changed a little bit. Uh, we wanted to grow quicker. They wanted to introduce different services like EPO systems. Uh, that's not our expertise. Uh, so eventually, conclusion, we bought the company and rebranded it to, uh, to Garden Connect. So we've been around in the UK uh, since 2012 with Garden Connect. So that's uh, exactly 10 years. Brilliant. And who do you deal with in the UK? Who's your biggest clients? Well, we deal with over 100 UK garden centers right now. In total, we work for 325 garden centers in seven countries. Uh, the UK is our biggest market. Uh, we work for some of the biggest brands. Uh, I think most, uh, most listeners will know Longacres, obviously. Uh, so we help them with their email marketing. Uh, we developed an app for uh, Scottsdale's and for Bench. Stewart's Garden Center developed uh, an app, uh, their web shop. Uh, Frost was one of the first bigger brands to, uh, to join us, so we're still very happy to have them on board. Uh, and the list goes on and on. So we have a lot of big garden centers, but also very fortunate to have a lot of the smaller names in the industry. Coming up quite soon is the International Garden Centre uh, Association Conference or Congress, and that's uh, based in Amsterdam this year, I think. Yes, it's uh, it's finally uh, time for Congress again, um, and I'm very happily, happy to be involved uh, with the organisation of the IDCA Congress. Um, to be honest with you, uh, Matthew, I didn't know a single thing about IDCA back in 2018. Um, however, the uh, the chairman of the Dutch Trade Association convinced me to join IDCA in Canada. Uh, now, the Congress was in uh, Niagara Falls. Um, well, who would dare to say no to a week uh, in Canada? So I decided to give it a try. And I had a real good time, obviously. Staying at Niagara, having a, a look of the waterfalls really helped to, uh, uh, to make it uh, a, a good memory. But I also learned a lot of things. And the, the most important thing about IDCA is being around with or being surrounded by people from the industry. So we have partly the same background, but there are people from 15 countries uh, or maybe even more. Would join so you can share a lot of things with each other and sharing knowledge and expertise uh, is something I like to do uh, and IDCA is a great uh, great platform to do that. So what's on this year in Amsterdam? Is it September? 
Yes, it's the last weekend of August. Um, so we start uh, late August. Um, it's a tradition. We always start with, uh, with a welcome reception. And uh, this time we're going to have a barbecue. Uh, the barbecue will be along the, uh, the Amstel River. Uh, so Amsterdam is named after the Amstel River. So that uh, uh, seems to be a good idea. And uh, from Monday morning, uh, we're going to visit a lot of garden centers. So we're going to visit uh, mostly uh, family-owned garden centers, small ones, um, new ones, uh, Abing garden centers being built as we speak. So they should be on time to open uh, to welcome uh, 200 IDCA delegates. We're going to uh, some of the chains. I think a lot of people will know Intratown. So we're going to visit uh, one of the Intratown uh, stores. Uh, but also some other award-winning centers in the south of the Netherlands. So we got a good combination of big uh, centers, chains, family-owned, small ones, plant-focused centers, and so on. And uh, obviously, we're going to have some fun in Amsterdam as well. Ah, oh, brilliant. So what, um, what entertainment are you going to put on? Well, on Sunday afternoon, as a tradition, uh, we do have a youth tour. So the younger delegates will uh, join me and some other people on a bike ride uh, through Amsterdam. Uh, so there will be a, a good icebreaker for those who haven't been to IDG very very often or uh, the first time uh, we also have a boat tour in Amsterdam so um, to start the Congress on Saturday evening we're hosting uh, a boat tour with Garden Connect to celebrate the 20th anniversary with uh, customers from all over the world uh, and uh, on the Wednesday of the Congress there's a kennel tour as well so there's a lot to see in Amsterdam we're going to uh, use boats to do that uh, there's a, a shopping safari, so you can visit a lot of smaller but real nice shops in the Amsterdam area. Um, and of course, we're Dutch, so we have to see some windmills. Uh, and that's definitely on the program as well. Another highlight, uh, if I may, uh, Friday morning, we're going to visit Floriada in Almere. And that's the, uh, uh, the, the trade show uh, highlighting the the best the Dutch horticultural uh, industry can uh, can show every 10 years, as you might know. Yeah, sounds very attractive. I'm kind of wanting to go now, but anyway. anyway. Now, tell, tell me a bit about um, Dutch garden centres. How do they differ from the ones in the UK? Yeah, I think the main difference between um, UK garden centres and, and Dutch garden centres uh, is around hospitality. Um, I remember one of the first times I went to Long Acres uh, and it was like maybe one in the afternoon and I couldn't find a parking spot and I was so confused why why a garden center could be so busy uh, on like a Thursday afternoon at one uh, and then I walked into the center and I figured out the restaurant was packed uh, so I learned that a lot of UK garden centers are having big restaurants uh, and I think that's partially cultural uh, because British people are uh, just going out for lunch. Uh, while in the Netherlands, uh, as a tradition, the lunch is just a sandwich with uh, cheese. And uh, if you're unfortunate, you get a glass of milk. I don't do it personally, but it's the Dutch traditional lunch. So we don't have that 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 culture of going out for lunch. It change it it's changing, but it's, it's still not a very big thing. So although we have some garden centers with big big restaurants, it's. It's still an oddity, while in the UK, uh, every garden center I visit, small or big, has a restaurant or a coffee shop or both. 
Uh, I've been to, to Ruxley Manor, for example. Well, I think they got like four restaurants on site. So that's something you often see in the UK. While in the Netherlands, if you, uh, uh, if you look at the product groups, um, I was always puzzled why UK garden centers weren't selling many houseplants. Uh, well, that, that changed um, over the last few years. But if you visit the typical Dutch garden center, they have a, a big outdoor area. Uh, but the houseplant area is really important. And I know some of my UK consumers have like two, three tables with houseplants. And I think that's a major difference because, yeah, Dutch consumers just buy houseplants. While in the UK, if you go to the average garden center, as said, it's changing, but traditionally it's not a very big part of uh, of business. Oh, I see. And um, during lockdown, you uh, were able to help quite a lot of garden centres. So how how did your business sort of increase during lockdown? Yeah, that's a that's a good question, Matthew. Uh, thank you. Um, March 2020, um, we uh, have a tradition at Garden Connect, and that's to go on a winter sport trip uh, late March. So when the lockdown started, we were uh, having uh, a, a ski trip in, in Austria. So we were partying and the Netherlands and the UK went to, into a lockdown. Now, obviously, a day later, we were kicked out of Austria. Um, and then the, the challenges began because uh, we all had COVID. So the first two to three weeks, we didn't do a thing because my entire team was uh, at home with COVID, sick, tired, you name it. So there was a, a challenging start for us. Um, but after thing, it became apparent that um, the Dutch garden centers were allowed to uh, to stay open, um, yeah, everyone wanted to do something online because all the other well, restaurants had to close, hotels had to close, traveling wasn't allowed anymore. Uh, but the Dutch garden centers were allowed to uh, to remain open during that first uh, first lockdown, uh, spring 2020. And business was crazy, uh, literally, uh, for us, because everyone wanted to do things online. So a lot of people were anxious to go to a garden center. Uh, but garden centers uh, that stayed open were also able to sell a lot of products, uh, as you can imagine. So it was really, really busy. Uh, well, then things slowed down a little bit over summer. Um, but working in several countries there was always a moment that one country was in a lockdown uh, so the uk garden centers had to close down so they wanted to start selling online so it kept us busy uh, we do have a group of customers in canada they had issues with lockdowns and it all came after each other uh, luckily for us uh, so they kept us busy for like 18 months uh, well, obviously, there was a major change last year because the UK garden centers were allowed to open. Uh, the Dutch garden centers reopened again somewhere in April, uh, which is good for business for them, obviously. Uh, so things settled down a little bit during 2020, 2021, sorry. Um, but yeah, it was a big challenge for us to manage uh, the demand. If you look at sales in general, obviously, uh, online sales boomed in 2020, 2021. Uh, but think things are declining uh, this year, as you might know. And do you think they're similar in the Netherlands as the UK in terms of uh, trading levels this year? The trend is similar. Um, in general, in the Netherlands, uh, online sales are higher as a percentage of the uh, the market. I could give you an idea. In the UK, 28% of the garden furniture is sold online. In, uh, in the Netherlands, it's 38%. So there are differences. Uh, in general, uh, both in the Netherlands and the UK, online sales are, uh, are growing. 
Um, if you look at market dynamics, the biggest difference is that uh, Amazon is pretty small in the Netherlands compared to, uh, to the UK. So we do have a lot of online competition, but the competition is different. Um, if you look at plant sales, uh, that's a quite interesting one. Um, plant sales picked up uh, quite significantly in the UK over the, uh, over the last two years during COVID. Um, in the Netherlands, already 8% of the plants is being sold online. And I think the UK will follow that trend. Yeah, and I was going to ask, you know, what is the legacy of that lockdown effect? Is it more online sales or are things going to sort of go back to where they were? What, what, what do you think is going to happen? No, the, the past is the past. Uh, things won't go back to uh, where we were in uh, 2019. And I think COVID accelerated the growth of online sales. And you have to imagine that a lot of people from the industry always told me, well, as I, I understand the benefit of ordering uh, garden furniture or, or aggregates and turf online, but people will always come to a garden center to buy plants. And in a way, it makes sense because you want to see the plant, you want to, to well, pick the one you like. Uh, however, during the 2020 lockdowns, 27% of the UK consumers bought plants online. And not everyone will keep buying them online, but some of them will do. And that trend will, 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 will remain in place for the years to come. So there's a decline, obviously, in online sales uh, this year. But if you, if you would zoom out, if you ask me where are we in 2025, sales will be higher uh, in 2025 than today or uh, compared to 2019 for sure. And I think it's important for uh, retailers, but the entire horticulture industry, to realize that consumer behavior has changed because of COVID. And uh, some people do have wishful thinking, oh, well, things will go back uh, to normal and then people will come to my garden center uh, automatically just because I open the doors uh, uh, on a Thursday morning at 9 a.m. But that, that, that's not how things work anymore. I see. Um, now, lastly, how is technology changing to meet the market with this changing consumer? Technology is always fascinating. Uh, there are always things happening online. Uh, and I'm fascinated by technology myself as well, because within the company, I'm responsible for uh, sales marketing, uh, but also for innovation. So I really like to figure out what's happening uh, on the internet and how can you use that to let garden centers grow. Uh, one example of that, um, augmented reality. If, you, if you're in the market to buy a garden furniture, um, artificial Christmas tree, or maybe something simple as a pot plant combination. And if you look at web shops, you can see the product, you can see close-up photos, the dimensions, the material, uh, the warranty, uh, something about the brand. You, you can read and see everything you want, but eventually there's one question remaining, and that's how it will look in your own home or garden. Now, with augmented reality, you can place a 3D model of a garden furniture set, an artificial Christmas tree, or a pot plant combination in your own home or garden, so you can get a real good idea how it will look if you, uh, if you purchase that specific product. And that's one development, one trend we see. Amazon is investing in, in uh, augmented reality. 
Um, Apple is doing that, so they expect to launch uh, glasses, uh, Apple AR glasses, as they're called, uh, late 2022, early 2023. Um, we've been working with multiple retailers in the UK, uh, like Hillier and Creative Gardens, to uh, play around with AR and see if people are using it. And fun fact, people are using it and it helps to sell more stuff. So that's one thing we see, um, augmented reality. Another trend, obviously, uh, the smartphone. Uh, I remember uh, a while ago that uh, there was an official sign that over half of the people was using a mobile to visit websites. Uh, I think we're getting close to 70% by now. And that, that's an ongoing development. So people are doing more and more on their mobile. And uh, a few weeks ago, I went uh, to a concert with my girlfriend. And the only thing I took with me were uh, my keys. Because, well, obviously, being Dutch, I went on my bike. And my mobile. Because you can pay with your mobile. You can find uh, directions on your mobile. Uh, the tickets were on my mobile. So the mobile phone is getting the, the communication hub for consumers. Brilliant. Okay, so tomorrow's world looking at augmented reality. I'm going to have to uh, get up to speed with that. But no, thanks very much for that, Edwin. Now, now we always ask a traditional question at, um, at Hall Week at the end of the podcast, which is about favourite plants. If you were stuck on a desert island, what plant would you take? What is your favourite plant? Well, I am more or less stuck in a tropical island because I live in an apartment in Amsterdam, so I don't have that much space. <laughs> However, there's one uh, big, nice kapi pot. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to, to mention any brands, but I'm a real kapi fan. And there's a banana tree, a Musa Tropicana in it. And uh, I, I really look after it uh, multiple times a week. So uh, that's definitely my favorite plant. Brilliant, the banana tree. Right, superb. Not had one of them before on the Hawk Week podcast. So... Thanks very much to Garden Connect's Edwin and Matthew from Horticulture Week. Now, make sure you never miss a Hort Week podcast. Subscribe to or follow Hort Week podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts or your preferred podcast platform. Once again, thanks for listening and goodbye till next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.